0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. We have been speaking on awakening. Everyone say awakening. awakening. Awakening is a realization that you were created for something better. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I was created for something better. In other words, awakening is a realization. Awakening is different than revival. A revival will, will stir up a church, an awakening will change a city. But we will never be able to truly experience an awakening until we have an awakening of who God is. I was dealing with a young lady, trying to help her out and understand who she was in Christ, trying to get her to understand her value. And before she could understand her value, she was putting herself in positions with young men that were using her, abusing her, and not treating her like the princess that God created her to be. And so I need you to understand that even though you know that you're valuable, ladies, until you know it in your heart, you will put yourself in situations where you allow yourself to be treated under what a princess should be treated as. And so it's not a revelation that hits the head. It's a revelation that hits the heart. And so I need you to understand something, that awakening happens and is directly connected to our ability for generosity. God is a giving God. And so for the past five weeks, we have been attacking this this message on giving. And from the, the moment I started preaching on giving, I've always portrayed God as a vending machine. That you give him something and then you get something back. And so I always felt like we had to get people, the only way that people will give, Christian folk will give, is that if they get something in return when they give. The only way that they'll respond is that if we recognize God will give you something back. That that's not honor. It's quiet in here. That's not honor. Last Sunday I shared with you as we we shared the word of God that when the three kings showed up in the presence of King Jesus, the baby, they brought gifts of frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And when they brought it, there was an understanding that you never showed up empty-handed in the presence of a king. You always brought a gift when you entered the presence of a king. How many of you know that we don't just serve our God, but that our God is king? Amen. No, no, the Bible, oh, don't, don't clap, that was weak. That, the Bible calls him the king of kings. He's not just a king, he's the king. The king of kings. And so I need you to understand that if God is a king, and if you were to enter into the presence of an earthly king, you would not show up empty-handed when you came into his presence. You would come bearing gifts. And so when we enter the presence of a king, we have a responsibility not to receive anything in return. But when I walk into the presence of my king, I come bringing my gift to my king. Oh, come on, somebody give him praise. And so, when we enter the presence of a king, not only do we give gifts to a king, but secondly, our gift reflects the honor or the value we have for that king and kingdom. So, what does your gift say when you come and you give to God? What does your gift say about your king? Is he a $1 king? A $20 king? Is he the king that I tip? Or is he the king that you respond to when you come, you give your best gift? Not talking tithing. Not talking about tithing. You want to get caught up in Old Testament, New Testament? Let's talk New Testament. Let's talk about kingdom. Let's talk about entering the presence of a king. Let's talk about determining before you even walk in and and before you even get to church that you're about to enter into the presence of a king and that before I present myself, before my king, what are you bringing to your king? You wouldn't just throw anything together if you were going to step in front of Queen Elizabeth. They're going to train you How to walk in. They're going to train you how to curtsy. They're going to train you how to bow. They're going to train you what you're going to say and how to present your gift. There's a process. The other thing that I want you to recognize and what we talked about last week was that our giving acknowledges, acknowledges the king's ownership. Everything belongs to the king. Say that with me. Everything belongs to the king. I own nothing. nothing. Everything belongs to him. In fact, check this out. Stand with me as we get into the word this morning. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. As you turn to Genesis chapter 2, I want you to notice what's taking place here. As you're standing, it's good to see my good friend Gib and Olivia. So good to see you guys. We grew up together. I won't tell you the things I know about uh, Gib, so we'll just let those things go right now. Probably better. Genesis chapter 2, starting with verse 15. When you're there, say amen. The Lord placed man in the garden of Eden. Where did he place him? Placed him in the garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may eat freely. Everyone say freely. How many love when you're free to eat? Somebody say amen. For all our Tongan brothers and sisters that go to the secret place. You know, I think they're in, they're in children's church right now, but they always talk about the secret place. For those of you that don't know what the secret place is, it's a secret. <laughs> hey, you guys are dying to know right now, aren't you? Don't worry, I won't tell them. Okay, I won't tell them. The Lord placed them in the Garden of Eden to tend it and watch over it. But the Lord God warned them, you may eat freely of the tree of every fruit in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Read that middle part with me again. You may freely eat. Say that again. You may freely eat. Look at your neighbor. Tell him you're free to eat. Bow your heads with me. Father... Help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, Psalms 24, verse 1, it says this. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, or everything in it, and the world and all its people belong to him. Okay? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and the world and all its people belong to him. So let, let's get this straight. We went over this last week. Everyone, do this. What you just felt right there is earth. Who's that belong to? God. God. Okay? Everyone, do this. Now let it out. What you just experienced is something called air. That's God's too. He lets you live and He lets you breathe. It's His. The person you're sitting next to belongs to God. The race that you may not get along with belongs to God. The gender you don't get along with belongs to God. And so I need you to understand that it all belongs to God. God is king. If he created it, it belongs to him, right? How many of you have heard your parents say, I brought you into this world, I could take you out. That's implying ownership. Awakening is a realization that you were created for something better. But that's the key: is that you were created. Proverbs chapter twenty three verse seven says this: "As a man thinks in his heart, so is he." Uh, let, let Let me. As a man thinks in his mind, as a man thinks in his brain, is that what it says? The Bible says that thinking actually starts. In the heart you can know something intellectually but not know something with experience it's not until you experience something do you know it in your heart when you experience something from the heart when you know it from your heart, I can tell you you're valuable. I can tell you that you're blessed. I can tell you that God loves you. But if you only know it here and never experience it here, your life will never change. You see, these principles will regulate our perception, they'll develop our thinking, and they end up producing behavior. So if you start off with the wrong concepts... Or wrong thinking, you'll end up with the wrong behavior. So, if I want to change your behavior, if that young lady keeps ending up with guys that use her and abuse her, the only way I can change her behavior is not locking her up, putting her in a room, and not letting her go out. That's not going to change the behavior. I got to change your thinking. We got to affect people's thinking. We gotta change their think. Thinking starts in your heart until you know it. Everyone say I'm valuable. Okay. Now I shared with you last week principles, purpose principles. I was gonna go over these, but Pastor Matt said, hey, you know, uh, let's hurry it up in the second service. So don't go over the principles again. You wanna know the principles? We broke them down last Sunday. We broke them down last Sunday. Uh, Go to our our app, CWC Bay Area, on iPhone, download it, and then you can listen to the message. It's online already. You can listen on the podcast directly from your iPhone and be able to listen to that message. It's important. But I want to share with you this morning. Go back to Genesis chapter 2, and I want you to notice what happens in verse 15. Okay? When you're there, say amen. The Lord placed the man... In the Garden of Eden, okay? First of all, God created the heavens and the earth. How many agree with that? Okay. The earth belongs to God and the heavens belong to God, right? Why? Because he created it. We good? Look at your neighbor, tell him I'm good. Okay. Now check this out. Then God, after creating the world, plants a garden in the middle of that world. And he calls it the Garden of Eden. Who does the garden belong to? God. Then he creates man. Man. And he takes man and places him in the garden he created. Who does man belong to? God. Why? Because God created him. You guys are good. Stay with me. Places him in the garden. And when he places him in the garden, he says this. Tend it and watch over it. God gives Adam a job. Some of y'all think that paradise is not having to work. I just want to be in the garden to eat and run around naked and just eat fruit all day. That's not paradise. Some of y'all, like, yes, it is. No, it's not. That's not God's purpose for your life. It never has been. God's a God of purpose. If you listen to last week's message, you'll be able to understand that. Okay? So I want you to recognize something. God's the one that placed them in the garden. When he places them in the garden, I'm going to do a little review. He said this, you may freely eat of the fruit. Everyone say freely. Free. How many love the fact that, that, that you're free to eat? Yeah. That God has given you access. I, I want to talk to you that what God is literally saying from the moment he created Adam is, Adam, you are now wealthy. Wealth is not money. Wealth is access. God gave Adam access. Everything here is yours. You can, you can have it all. You were created for wealth, not riches, wealth. Follow me on this. Some of you are looking at me like, Pastor, has gone off the deep end on this prosperity thing. I'm not speaking prosperity. Three kinds of people. First kind of people that we find are poor people. If you poll this morning, don't raise your hand. Okay? Poor people all they do is talk about money. Their whole lives are consumed with money. Consumed with trying to get money, trying to borrow money, trying to get money, trying to steal money, just trying to get money. The focus is money. Everything they do is centered around money. If I could just get money. They want to win the lottery. If I win the lottery, all my problems will be solved. No, they won't. You'll be broke in two years. Because poverty is a spirit. It's a mindset. And until you change the mindset, you're going to continue to be poor. Poor people are concerned about money. Rich people, all they talk about are things. Oh, I bought this. Oh, I can't wait. I just got this. Oh, you know what? They just came out with a 90-inch with a television. I just picked that up. It's, a, it's about a one millimeter thick. I just picked that one up. I just got, you know, I just picked up the floating car. Do you see the floating car? It's not like the other. It's a floating car. It's a, something that just came out. You know what? I got the iPhone 12, and they haven't even come up with it yet. They're all about things, all about just trying to get things. And you know what? What's amazing is this: is that you got individuals driving around, driving around in cars that are worth more than their houses. You got rims on cars that aren't even worth the car that they're rolling on. You pay more a month for your car than you do for your rent. That's poor. And you're after things and I need you to... Some of you are are out there renting and you're spending all this money on those things instead of investing on a house. Oh, you ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for this because you know what? Some of you think that you were born for poverty. You think you were created for poverty. Rich people are about things. Notice this. Jesus said... It is hard, not impossible, hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Riches were after things. But when we talk about wealth, wealthy people talk about ideas. Wealthy people are all about ideas. Their money is an avenue, a tool to make and improve life. It's about it's not about what I can take. It's about what I can give. It's not about what I can possess. It's how I can change the world. In fact, take a look at this. Look at this picture right here. That boy look rich, don't he? For those of you that don't know, that's Andre Risen. Former football player that made millions upon millions of dollars. On ESPN's 30 on 30, they did a special report called Broke. And they show all these athletes that made all this money and how they went through that money because of the fact, in his own words, he started off with his own posse of about 10 guys. And so when they would go out to a club, he'd have 10 guys he was responsible for. But he noticed someone else had a bigger posse. So he had to add to his. That other guy added to his. So he added to his. By the time he was done playing, he had over 60 people on his payroll. What did they get paid for? To party. Someone's like, where can I get a job like that? Where do I sign up? I saw you, Dario. He's like, "Man, where, where can I, where's the application for that? He may have had money, but he was poor. Take a look at this next person. This guy realized one of the richest men in the world finally realized this. After the first million, it's all the same. See, once you get money, it's not a big deal. And now this man has taken his wealth and he's used it to where over half of it he's given away. Because they realize this. It's not about how much I have. It's how much of a change I bring about in other people's lives. (laughs) How about this other guy? A wealthy guy because he had ideas. In fact, most of you in here have something that have to do with what he did. He had an idea. And sure, he got rich off of it. But I need you to understand. You could be financially rich, but you could be spiritually poor. See, I'm going somewhere with this right now. The difference is. One invest, the other one spends. Which one are you? Are you an investor or are you a spender? Do you have money that burns? When my daughters get birthday money, I tell you, it burns a hole. I'm literally, you can see the flames and the smoke coming out of their pocket. Because as soon as they get it, they're sitting there counting their cash and they're all about, Mom, when, when are we going shopping? When are we going? They're, they can't wait to get out and use. And when I, when I talk about saving, it'll look like I just came from another planet. And I'm speaking a totally different language. They don't understand. Hey, take some of that money and save It's like a foreign concept to them. But I want you to recognize God gives Adam. Let's go back to Genesis 2, okay? I'm going somewhere with this. Hang hang with me, all right? Genesis chapter 2, check out what happens. The Lord placed man in the Garden of Eden. Whose garden is it? To tend and watch over it. But the Lord warned him, You may eat freely. Everyone say "freely." freely. Eat of the fruit of the tree, of every tree in the garden. Now, check, check out what happens here. God created the whole world for Adam, okay? I need you to understand when we talk about wealth, wealth is access. Wealth is the ability to produce or have what you need. That's wealth. That whatever you need, it's at your fingertips. Whatever you need is available to you. That in the kingdom of God, as followers of Christ, as people that are part of the kingdom, that have a king by the name of God and that serve under him, that you now have access in the kingdom of God to everything you need. You have access. When Going back to the beginning, in the book of Genesis, God places Adam in the garden that he made and says, you may touch and eat from Everything. Everyone say everything. So he had the ability, everything there was his. You see, then he says, but this one tree can have everything in here except this one right here. Stay away from this one. Okay? How many of you know that's the one we want? Can have everything but that one. But I want that one. In fact, if I were to take you right now to Safeway, and I would say, you know what? I'm going to let you guys take everything that you want. This everything in the store is yours. It's all yours. I know for a fact y'all would do this. You wouldn't go get your, your cart and put one item. Just take this one, Pastor, and this one. Is it okay if I take these as well? These. And then go up to the checkout. I know you. Your first move would be this. Yeah, I need four U-Haul trucks, the biggest size that you got. (laughs) Call grandma, call grandpa, call auntie, call uncle, get them all. I need, I need all the trucks that we got, all that in the neighborhood. Have them come down to this store right now because right now we're, we're just, don't, don't worry, just come. Just come, just bring, borrow someone's car. I don't care. Bring, whatever you, take the baby out of the, out, of the, out of the stroller and just bring the stroller, okay? Just bring everything you got. That's what we would do. Why? Because when it comes to access, we have the ability to take whatever we want, whatever we need is at our disposal. That's what God gave to Adam. He told Adam, Adam, everything in the garden, everything you need is at your disposal. It's yours. Wealth is not having. Wealth is access. God gave Adam access. And when you came into the kingdom, you were given access as well. But a problem happened. In the process of access, God gave us freedom. Freedom. But freedom without boundaries is anarchy. Freedom without boundaries leads to chaos. And when you just give freedom with no boundaries or no limitations, then we have trouble. That's why God said, this, one just, this one's mine. And that's the one they want. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. Liberty. Where the Spirit of God is, there is access. Freedom is access. Where the Spirit of God is, there's access. That in the lack in your home, when the Spirit of God is there, you have access. When you're right with God, you have access. When you're living in the kingdom, you have access. All of a sudden, you have access to whatever you need, but a problem ended up happening here. Okay? Adam's wealthy. Look with me now in uh, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3. We're going to close right now. So, worship team, if you can come help me. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. At that moment, their eyes were open when they sinned. When Adam and Eve sinned, at that moment, their eyes were open. Everyone say, opened. And suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. They sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. The first thing that man does after they fall, the first thing that we do is we try to cover up. We try to cover up what we did. We try to find a way of covering our our tracks. Try to find a way of covering what took place. And then when God comes looking for them, all of a sudden they hide out. Not only do we try to cover what we did, we try to hide out when God comes looking for us. You know what I'm talking about. As soon as we sin, the first thing we do is we disappear. And then when I run into you at the grocery store, you start giving me all excuses why you hadn't been here. Hey, man, I'm just here to get apples. I just came to get some bread, and you're confessing like crazy right now. I just came to get bread. It's all good. Notice what happens. The moment sin enters into the world, follow me on this. The moment sin enters into the world, man is no longer focused in on the kingdom of God or God. It switches and the number one need of man becomes self-preservation. As soon as sin enters in, man goes into the self-preservation mode. Where we're trying to get by. How do we know this? Because when God finally calls Adam out and says, Well, what happened? He says, It's the woman you gave me. He threw Eve under the bus. Who taught Adam to do that? The moment sin entered in, he no longer is covering his wife. Now he's just throwing her under. It's, It's her. Everything was great till she showed up. And from that time, mankind has gone into a self-preservation mode. It's all about getting mine. It's all about getting by. It's all about do I have enough for the end of the month? Do I have enough to get by? Do I have enough? Do I have enough to survive? And we've lost sight of the kingdom. And it's become about us. Thank you, three of you. We've lost sight of what the purpose was. You see, the problem ends up happening is that after Adam falls and he throws her under the bus, what ends up taking place in our life? God gave Adam rulership, gave him management, gave him access. But God never gave Adam possession or ownership. Let that sink in for a second. When he placed Adam in the garden, says everything's at your disposal, everything you can use. You can manage it. You can rule it. You can use it. But it's still mine. Oh, someone's not kidding. You're not, you're not hearing me. You could use everything here, but it still belongs to me. God never gave him ownership. God gave man access, and man tried to take ownership. It's not, not till recently I begin to realize everything I own isn't mine. It's his. Everything I have isn't mine. It's his. My car, it's his. My house, it's his. My wife, it's his. My children are his. Everything I possess is his. Everything I have belongs to the kingdom. Everything is God's. See, I need you to grab a hold of it. As soon as you start building your own kingdom, now you are in self-preservation mode. So when God says, give unto me as a king, I can't give because I got a mortgage to pay. I can't give because I got a car payment to pay. I can't invest in the kingdom because I'm trying to get stuck. He gave us rulership, management. You notice when he tells Adam, creates Adam, places him in the garden, gives him a job, and then he gives him Eve. Listen, young men, don't you dare try to get married without having a job first. And it better not be at McDonald's unless you're going to own the company. What, what am I saying? God gave Adam a responsibility, a job. Then he got married. Ladies, you make sure that guy can take care of you before you put the ring on. Ladies, you should be clapping about right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sister Vasquez is looking for a rich man right now. Your mom's on the prowl, bro. As long as he's rich, huh, Sister Sandra? Amen. Matthew chapter 21 tells a story of a landowner. Gives you the perfect picture of what God's talking about here. The landowner comes and he plants a vineyard and land that he owns. Builds a fence, creates a place to harvest the grapes. Builds a tower and then protects it. Then he leases out the property to tenants with the condition. When it's harvest time, you give me some of the harvest and you keep the rest. And they agree to it. The landowner goes to another country. Do you realize that God has done the same thing with you and I? He says, listen, I trust you. Here's a house. I trust you. Here's a car. I trust you. Here's a family. I trust you. I want to give you these resources. And then, but listen, I'm giving you these things. They're all mine. But I'm going to give them to you. But I'm going to come back later on. And when it's harvest time, I'm going to expect you to give back a portion to me. And as a landowner, I have a right to it because it's all mine. But I'm not asking for it all. I'm just asking for a portion. The landowner sends his servants and the servants go. In fact, you three stand up real quick. Why? Because y'all look big. Stand right over here. Come here, Trevor. You're going to get beat up. You guys go over there, okay? It's my land, right? I leased it to them. It's harvest time. Go get my harvest, man. Okay? Bring it back. Beat them up. You got to kill them. Here, use this. Lay down, dude. You're dead. (laughs) So he doesn't come back, so I have to send someone else. Bring me home. Sorry. Go get my money. (laughs) Get rid of him. He, he went down easy. He went down easy. <laughs> went down nice and easy. Come here, Isaiah. Come on, man. Put up a fight at least, okay? Go get my money. You know what? That's wrong that's wrong we're laughing about it but it's wrong because the landowner is just going to get what's his they signed an agreement when he gave them the property and so when the harvest came now all of a sudden you don't want to give it up you want to keep it all for yourself it's yours now all of a sudden you're the one that created and built all this you think you're the one that created all this stuff It's his. It belongs to the landowner. It's all his. The earth is the Lord's. So finally he says this, listen, I'll send my son. They'll respect my son. So, sorry, bro. I love you like a son. Love you like a son. Go go get your inheritance. Y'all better rough them up. Y'all better rough them up. (laughs) In fact, pick them up. Pick them up real quick. Stand up, Pastor (laughs) Matt. This one, this one here, the son that they sent was crucified. God said, I'll send my son to redeem them, to get the land back. I'll send my son, if i send my son, and he speaks and he shares with them the kingdom principles, the, land, the people that are working the land will recognize it and they'll give the land back, but they don't. They kill them. They hang them on a tree. God sent prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet to Israel to get the land back finally sends his son and they crucify him as well I love what the Word of God says as he brings this part to a close in verse 40 when the owner of the vineyard returns Jesus asked what do you think he's gonna do to these farmers verse 41 the religious leaders replied he will put the wicked men what does he call you when you hold on to what belongs to God not my words. What does the Word of God call those that hold on to what belongs to God? Oh, come on, church. When we hold on to what belongs to Him, it's not a choice. We're stepping into wickedness, we're taking what belongs to God, we're killing His prophets he will put those wicked men to a horrible death Lease their vineyards to others who will give them their who he will who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest Did you catch that He's going to come He's going to kill these guys you guys consider he's gonna kill them. in other words why are my finances dying why is my relationships dying why am i struggling in this area why isn't this working out and then all of a sudden he's gonna come he's gonna take them off the land they're gonna lose property why am i going through this because why am i losing this why am i losing that it's, you're finding yourself it's not even we're not even talking a Malachi curse we're talking about recognizing that it's his He's not taking it from you. He's taking back what's his. If you don't care with, take care of what he is his, that he places in your hands, he's going to take it back. And he's going to give it to someone that's going to take care of it. Move, Jairo. Move. (laughs) He's going to give it to someone that's going to take care of it. And then when harvest time comes and he gives me part of the harvest, he gets to keep the other part of the harvest. See, all the landowner is looking for, all he's looking for is honor. All the landowner is looking for is honor. All God's looking for you to do is say, listen, it's yours. It's not mine, it's yours. It's not my house, it's yours. Not my car, it's yours. It all belongs to you. You got it? Lay back down. Just stay there, okay? I'm no, just kidding. He's a Bronco fan. And they, they killed us a couple weeks ago. Church, before we're going to move on to what God, I really believe, because next two weeks from now, we're going to start a series called Dominion. And we're going to start preaching. We're going to start sharing about kingdom. But before we can enter into the kingdom mindset, we got to take care of this junk. This is elementary, folks. It's not mine. It's not yours. Which, which means this. If it all belongs to him, doesn't mean that he doesn't want. God has nice stuff. Don't apologize for the car you drive. As long as you can afford it. Don't put God in debt. Let let me ask you something. If it belongs to God as we close, if my house belongs to God, do you think God carries a mortgage? Oh, come on. Those of you that own houses that are ready to give it up to God, you should be shouting right now. Because if the house belongs to God, does God carry a note on the mortgage? You know what, babe? You and I will just take it then. Because you know what? We're going to be debt free because it's his house. And if it's his house, he's gonna pay off the note on our house. Why? Because it's his. I don't have to worry about a car payment because he's gonna take care of it because God doesn't have debt. Don't have to worry about the credit cards because God doesn't take on debt. What am I going, Where am I going with this as we close? I need you to grab this. That means whatever I watch on his TV, has to honor him Whatever I listen to on his radio, come on somebody Whatever gossip I talk on his phone Whatever smack I put on Facebook on his Facebook However I drive his car. Get him. I'm speaking to myself on that one, okay? And Gib. The things I allow into his house. I believe that this next year, 2013 is going to be the year that some of us, because not everyone's catching this. I I can see it. Not everyone's catching. So I say some of us. Some of us are going to be debt-free in 2013. (laughs) Debt-free. Debt-free. Why? Because it's not ours. It's his. And if I give him ownership, he takes care of it. Doesn't mean I don't pay my bills. I use wisdom now with his resources. That means how I spend, not my money, his money. Are, are you catching this? Are you catching this? See, if you, if you right now are saying, Pastor Dan, I've realized that I've been owning things that I shouldn't be owning because it belongs to him. You're ready to give up ownership and give it back to God. Stand to your feet right now. quickly. Quickly. It's not about dollars it's about devotion it's not about dollars it's about devotion and Luke 16 verse 10 says if you are faithful in the little things you will be faithful in the large ones but if you are dishonest in little things you won't be honest with greater responsibility so if you can be faithful right now with the little you have get ready because blessings coming if you can be faithful in giving God what is his now Get ready because blessing. It's not my word, it's his. It's not my word, it's his. And so he has to act on it. So, right now, just lift your hands with me. Let's make this declaration right now. Father God, you are Lord. Lord implies ownership. And I recognize this day, everything I have starting with me belongs to you I am yours all I have belongs to you forgive me for taking your stuff for taking yours and making it mine I declare this moment everything I have is yours starting with my heart everything nothing held back it all belongs to you thank you for downloading this message for more information on our church visit us at www.cwcsj.org